Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome indeed, Tuesday version of the Two Guys at a Mic show here on the TalkZone.com. The coach and the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Talking Bears, a rare but successful Monday night appearance for the Bears. Nice to see him come through with a big win on the national stage. The opposite has been true more often than not. But uh, they come up with a big victory. We'll review some of the NFL games from the weekend, college games for the weekend. We were off yesterday. Lots to catch up on. We will catch up with the big dog in just a second. But first, a little bit of the uh, TalkZone.com soon-to-be award-winning musical entourage. Thank you very much. Nothing like the music of the TalkZone and a nice, solid cup of bitter... Extra strong coffee to get the old granolas going in the morning. Let me welcome in my good partner. Checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines. And, well, you never know where he's calling in from. But longtime Chicago Bear fan, Big Dog Joel Radwanski. Big Dog, how are you, my friend? I'm doing much better after a performance like that. Woo. Wow. Wow. I was deserved to the fact the Bears are going 2-2. Two and two. I was like, well, at least I got two of the roughest road games out of the way. Mm-hmm. Bad. We have to play all these freaking Monday night and primetime games. They're horrible, <laughs> and I'm I, uh, I'm late getting to my buddy's house. I don't get there until the like basically the middle of the second quarter because I had to work last night. And all I can say is, right when I sat down, it was three to nothing. It wasn't three nothing Bears for very much longer. Charles Tillman was going the other way with an interception. Lance Brig was going the other way. What a game, Coach. That was awesome last night to be a Bears fan. And as I said in our uh, open, nice to see him finally come through on a national stage. By the way, Bear fans, you want to check in, uh, feel free to give us a call. Any NFL fans, any of the games over the weekend, Bears fans, if you are a uh, Packer fan, you want to chime in on your big victory, or Dallas Cowboy fan, if you're listening down to the Dallas area, you need a cold shoulder to cry on we are right there for you 888-463-6748 the phone number again 888 big dog it almost seems kind of silly now but uh, i think both of us agreed and most of the fans did coming into the season that the defense you know would be okay probably a little slippage we're getting old the offense will score enough points the defense will hang in there we forgot it's still the bear defense they've been outstanding yeah, and the fact that they're getting interception returns for touchdowns, let's not act surprised. The, the Lovey Smith, uh, like mantra has been take it away and return it for touchdowns. And before it was so the, the team could score. Now, hopefully this year it's to enhance the offense and not to be the offense. But, uh, it, it, it's no surprise, coach. What the cool thing is, is you are absolutely right. There's a bunch of grizzled veterans on that team, and Tillman and Briggs are are understated in how great they've been for the Bears over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian, everybody knows Brian Urlacher and Julius Peppers is the Bears' best player. But it, it, Henry Melton and Paya, or Paya, Paya, whatever the heck his name is, Pia, uh, Corey Wooten, DJ Moore, Tim Jennings, all these young kids, 
stepping up and taking the, you know, hey, you know what, don't worry, our yeah, these guys are getting old, but we're getting experienced and we're good. This It's been a good transition. For a Bears fan, there's a transition. You can see, like, we have great veteran leadership, and all of a sudden we have mm-hmm. extremely talented uh, youth on the defense. It's, it's as a damn, it feels good to be a Bears fan, Coach. Did, did you say Ute? Ute, yeah, a Ute. You said Ute? Excuse me, sir, this is my court. If you're going to be in my court, you must speak properly. What is a Ute? You're not familiar with that scene? That is uh, my cousin, Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, one name that you're forgetting, and, and I know you didn't want to do it, but in, just in case Major Wright or Major Wright's family oh, yeah, members yeah, yeah, are yeah. listening, let us not forget number 21, who had a heck of a game also. Okay, Major Wright had a heck of a game, <laughs> yeah. but he needs to be more consistent. So that's yes. why I, I, don't, I don't see... But then again, so does Corey Wooten and Stephen Paya, which I brought those mm-hmm. two names up. So, and I even like so, uh, Chris Chris Conte, number forty-seven. He played uh, you know a little bit too much cushion yesterday, but overall, I like the cut of the jib of a number forty-seven, Chris Conte. He's been what, very what, whatever Chris Conte was doing was right because Des Bryant kept talking smack to Chris Conte, kept going up chest bumping Chris Conte yesterday, and Des Bryant continued to drop passes yesterday. So mm-hmm. whatever they were doing yesterday, Coach, I was. Fine with what they were doing with Chris Conte because he got into Des Bryant's head. Oh my goodness, was that fun. rough? Rough Monday. Now you hate to have those kind of games with the announcers talking about you, and it goes from bad to worse for number eighty-eight, Des Bryant, because you know all your ex-teammates and some of your college guys, your friends, your cohorts are all watching, and you had that disastrous game. Now Des Bryant can have some really good games too. He runs hot and cold, but boy, you have a game like that on Monday night, big deal. That's that's tough to go back to work the next day. You're uh, you're in Shame City, basically. Well, yes, uh, maybe you're in Shame City and you have to suck it up and answer to hundreds of thousands of Cowboy fans. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's definitely it hurts, but tough to go to work, Coach. I, I tell you, know, they have Tuesday off, by the way. It's the only day off they have. But Good point. just a reminder to Des Bryant, he he makes about six million dollars a year, which is four hundred thousand dollars a ball game. Excellent. I'm sure I'm sure he's going to go to work this week. Excellent point. Our inside sources, by the way, to tell us that Dez actually has an appearance, I think, at a women's lingerie store today. He'll be signing autographs on uh, various body parts. So Dez will be at work oh, today. No, no, no. They've changed the appearance. Uh-oh. He's now going to be wearing the lingerie after his <laughs> performance. Woo! Wow. Wow. Dallas fans, let me throw that phone number out again. I'll throw out Big Dog's home phone number in a second. 888-463-6748, firing so salvos you, this morning. Who do you think is more angry at uh, at Des Bryant, me or Cowboy yeah, fans? There's I'm, Cowboy fans out there that are going to thank me for saying that. I'm just be upset. Just taking a chance. There's a couple of angry Dallas fans who might want to stalk you down in the next couple of days. I'm trying to trying to keep your life on edge, big dog. I know. If you're going to wear the number 88 for the boys, you better make plays. That's you better be guy. a playmaker and not a faker. All, all Des Bryant did last night was talk smack to Chris Conte after every play. That's all he did. Could, could you do anything better than talk to – and it was funny. Could you imagine that conversation? Des Bryant, who went to Oklahoma State, and Chris Conte, who graduated. Big difference from going <laughs> to Oklahoma State yeah. and graduating <laughs> from California. I would have loved to heard that smack talk. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yes, Des, you just dropped another pass. Take, take blah, 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 blah. Yes, you dropped another pass, Des. So that would have well, been awful good smack. Actually, the, the one that killed him was not the pass that he dropped. It was apparently the route we were assuming 
yeah. that he ran the wrong route, but uh, that was one that he never even got his hands anywhere near. That was a mental mistake, but that was the play that really started the downhill for the Dallas Cowboy, the Tillman interception. It, it, was, it was beautiful. Basically what happened was Romo comes up to the line, sees Chris Conte creeping up. He points and says, basically, if he points at Des Bryant, points at Chris Conte, and then throws a sig- signal. So basically he said, Des, if Conte blitzes, you run the hook. Well, I guess he doesn't realize that he, that he was supposed to run the hitch or the hook, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and he decides to run the fade. And uh, Tony Romo, who told him to throw the, throw the hitch route, well, he threw the hitch. Charles Tillman knew the hand signal. He was waiting for the football. Too bad Des Bryant was for the Cowboys. But actually, it wasn't. I mean, that's huge. Uh, was it the hit? Well, it was a stop and go. Is that what the hitch the hitch is? Because no, the he, hitch is just you run five yards and you stop and you. Oh come yeah, back no, no, no. It wasn't a fade. It was a stop and go. So, yeah, it, was, it was okay. It was a double yeah. move play. Yeah, okay. double double move. Now, so you are telling us we get inside the NFL here, inside the game of football with ex collegiate. Uh, all-conference Division Three football player Joe Radwanski. So the receiver, when he begins his route, actually needs to look back to see if another guy is blitzing? Is that what you're telling me? I'm going to tell you this straight up. 100% of all plays in the NFL, when the receiver goes to the line, if he's got a, a, a – he has a different route depending on what the defensive back with the coverage is. When you mm-hmm. go to the line of scrimmage, you have to – realize that, okay, if they're in a, a man coverage, I'm running the route this way. If they're in cover two, I run it this way. If they're in cover three, I run it this way. If they're in cover four, I run it this way. Mm-hmm. No lie. And if you, if you don't believe me, it's true. But that's it's just as simple as that. And if you're like, those guys are too dumb to realize it, that's why it takes rookies like two or three years to actually play receiver in the NFL. But you... And also they have hot reads. And if Tony Romo just points out, was like, listen, this is beyond a hot read. We have 11 guys near the line of scrimmage, and Chris Conte's coming up. You just run and stop. I'll throw you the ball. That's it's a simple. Every once in a while, you yeah. also get as simple as that. Okay. Not only does the quarterback normally it's oh I have to figure this out. They're in a cover one with a with a red three. I better run the blankety blank. Well, now you have your quarterback screaming at you. Conte's blitzing. Run this route as he throws the signal, and he runs the exact opposite route that Tony Romo gave him the signal for. Now, I understand the X's and O's of that, but you, you sideswipe me just a bit. So you are, in fact, saying that a receiver, as he sprints out into his route, Without actually needs to look back. There is, depending on the route that you have, but in situations where... It is without question man coverage, and the quarterback just alerted you that the strong safety was blitzing. Yes, coach, you get your head turned. Okay. Okay. If it so was the rec- tight end, and they figured the linebacker was blitzing. The tight end gets his head turned because he's mm-hmm. the first hot route. Right, okay. Now- but when the strong safety is blitzing, the wide receiver is then the first hot route. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, I, I do. I do. It seems a little odd that they have to look back. That's against our. Of course they do because. One step, you take one step. Oh, Conte is blitzing. The ball is mine. The next, uh, the first step, Conte is not blitzing. I can continue my route on what I thought I was going to run, whatever mm-hmm. they we're going to run. Okay. Of course, then the, the delayed blitz can can throw things in, but that's all part of the strategy of the game. Well, I'm sure. the, 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 the fake blitz, blitz, the delay is, is more advantage to take uh, when you're trying to use your running backs out of the backfield. That's when you run the delayed delay blitz. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, oh, you're going to run your running back out of the backfield. Well, guess what? 
that linebacker that you didn't think was blitzing is now has his helmet right in your quarterback's sternum. Uh-huh. So now, now let me take you a step further here because you know me, I'm an intricate outside the box thinker here. If that's the common thought process, and I'm the defensive back over there, and you know, and I see the quarterback signaling as he did over to Des Bryant. And I know my guy is going to be blitzing. Well, I know I'm pretty sure I can start sneaking up and pick off that little hitch on contraire Pierre if I'm the offense. And I know that's what the defensive back is thinking. And maybe I'm going to defend Des Bryant here a little bit. You could call a play where he goes into the hitch move like he did, and then boom, you go because that's exactly what the cornerback is thinking. You got a quick seven points. I, I, I'm with you, coach. No, I, I totally understand. And just because the team is running. Uh... Running a blitz doesn't mean you have to run the hitch. There's no right. reason why you can't run the nine or the fade, or you know. Right. But that's you're exactly right, exactly right. But the Cowboys' call on that was the hitch. Okay. And I'm not going to rip them. I mean, John Shoot must have got into their playbook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously, how many times did the? I mean, the Cowboys went down the field that one play to Des Bryant, which dropped the ball. But the Cowboys have been known with Miles Austin and Des Bryant to be throwing the ball 15, 20 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that yesterday. They jumped the ball off and then let the Bears swarm after them. They were like, we, they were afraid to put the ball up in the air. And, you know, calling somebody afraid, that's like the worst thing you can do in sports. But what else could, what else could you say about yeah. the, the, the Cowboys offense? They were literally afraid that they were going to turn the ball over. I After think the it's, third turnover, they were like, oh, no, we can't even pass the ball tonight. It was more take what they're going to give you. The Bear defensive backs playing with a little bit of cushion, and Dallas actually, if it wasn't for the interceptions, Big though, they were moving the ball via the underneath routes. So I, yeah. I'll, I'll mildly disagree with you there because, you know, you got you got to take what's there. And then well, when, they, no, no, they absolutely did, but that, that's what they did. I, I put it, I, think, I phrased it a little differently. Okay. You were like, oh, the Cowboys were doing the right thing, and I was like, the mm-hmm. Bears forced them into going in a, uh, in a, you know, in a way that they're going to have to drive all the way down the field, and the, the Bears were not about to give up a big play mm-hmm. to them yesterday. I gotta get, they were. I got to get two things off my chest again. Again, we're talking about the Bear game from yesterday: thirty-four, eighteen, three and one, tied for first. Cutler was outstanding. We'll talk a little bit about the sideline incident, but nobody can deny he was. Uh, particularly in the second half, outstanding yesterday. Bear fans, you want to check in? Football fans, love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. We'll get to beat the Schmoes. Football results coming up later. David Olson has tabulated that and uh, recapped some of the other stuff. But right now, going over yesterday's uh, Monday night victory for the Chicago Bear. Big Dog, two things i got to get off my chest. It was a positive game, but these two, you know what the first – well, actually, you don't know what the first one is because you missed the first quarter. First series again. Fourth play of the first series, dog. After uh-huh. they had gained a first down. Timeout, Chicago Bears again. They called timeout in the first three minutes of the game. Four consecutive games. We have to call a timeout early in our first possession. Yes, David. Was it that early? I thought it was in the back half of the first quarter. It was early in the game, but I don't think it was that early. I'll give you. I'll give you mid back half. But it was it was I think yeah, no, I no, thought no, it was, was first it was possession, early, but I don't think it was like the first, their their first or second series. Oh, I think it was the second series. Yeah, we'd have to check that. But they did it again, big dog. I just got to get that off my chest. We need to get rid of that ugly habit. And then um, help me out here because this you were watching. It's not a big thing, but we go up thirty-four to ten. Get the ball back. Why is Jay Cutler in the game with five minutes and thirty-eight seconds left? 
Uh, uh, I'm with you on that. Get Jason Campbell a couple snaps. Have what him throw the, a pass or yes. two. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Demarcus Ware takes one cheap shot. Cutler's out. I mean, uh, you know, and the, and the Dallas did the same thing with Romo. They finally oh, no, brought that was different. That was totally different. down thirty-four to ten. What that was what, the reason why they pulled Romo wasn't for fear of injury. No, when, no, I'm when, talking when about the fifth, when they when when Romo threw the fifth interception. I called to everybody in the room. He will not play another snap. No, I, I and they were no, like, "Why?" I'm like, "They don't want him throwing six interceptions in a game." No, big dog. They my point. Roma, they sent Romo because they didn't want him getting six yeah, interceptions. Yeah, hold it on, had nothing to do with the score of the game. Rewind, big dog. Rewind. My point was when the score was 34 to 10. Why would you bring Tony Romo back in the game to throw us? He had four interceptions at that point. I was ahead of you. I was a series ahead of you. What okay. possible reason? Was there for Tony Romo to come in once the Bears had made it 34-10, six and a half minutes left? The only things that can happen are, you know, an embarrassment, that fifth interception, or an injury. Let Kyle Orton get some playing time. I'm with you. No, I, I just totally, yeah, completely yeah. agree. All right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, you were a uh, series ahead of me. Okay. Now At I that f- point, you know. I feel better having gotten rid of those two things. But you would agree Jake Cutler was uh, was the good gunslinger yesterday. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously because, you know, they won the game. It's always a lot, no matter what the score was. And even though you can say, oh, they put 34 points on the board, Cutler must have been awesome. Well, 14 of those points came yeah. directly from the defense, and another 17 of those 20 came directly from the defense because of the field position they had. So, yeah. so like I always say, that's why I, that's, I'm like, I realize this, but the key is winning the game. It isn't how many points you score, well, how many touchdowns you throw. It's winning the game. And he didn't do anything stupid yesterday as the defense dominated the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, again, I'll mid-level agree with you when we're analyzing. I don't, I don't care if you mid-level agree with me because you're the type of guy that gets upset that they don't throw the ball enough. Okay, well, All I care about is their wins. That's all that's I fine, care about. That's fine, but as a uh, professional on the radio here, laugh track, please. Thank you very much. Uh, we're trying to analyze the performance of Jake Cutler. I could argue and that it was in great yesterday. Th- no, but I'm I saying saw, you can win a game, and I can say, you know what, Jake Cutler wasn't that good, and you could lose a game, and I could say, you know what, Jake Cutler played a hell of a game. So no, I don't base the quarterback performance on just the win or the loss. No, 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 no. I, I didn't do that whatsoever. That sounded like it actually. I w- Coach, because you don't have the ability to actually think. You only have the ability to <laughs> wait until somebody's I, done talking so I, you can speak. The the, bear, <laughs> the way you performed yesterday was exactly what they needed to win the game. How about that? That's exactly what I'm saying. No. Jay Cutler played exactly like they needed to win yesterday. He deserves kudos. No, a little better than that, actually. He made, he made play. You know, you're talking about managing the game. He was better than a manager yesterday. I didn't call him a manager of the well, game. That sounded like it. what they needed to win the games. It was third and ten. He got the ball to Kellen Davis. By the way, to Kellen Davis, Kellen Davis has been known, the Bears tight end, for being a massive body and really fast, but he's not athletic enough to adjust to the ball. The three greatest catches he's made as a Bear adjusting to the football all happened yesterday. Yep. How about Kellen Davis's game? Yep. He fell down once and caught a ball behind him. He turned around and stopped and jumped for another ball. And then the greatest catch the Bears have had this year is when he went over that tiny little DB yep. and, and caught the ball. That was uh, – Cutler was on all those throws, avoided rushers, stepped up, moved, and threw the ball where Davis had a chance to get it, besides the third one where he climbed over the little guy. 
Mm-hmm. You did miss, by the way, the first series, first or second series. Easy pass to Kellen Davis. I almost called him Kellen Winslow. I wish. Uh, and he drops it. And the announcers right off the bat started to get into the you know Bears' tight ends, and Kellen Davis has not lived up to his potential. So he had the early drop, but you're absolutely I right. I didn't see that. Yeah, I, but, did, but I he, absolutely did not. I didn't know that had happened. But all was forgotten because he came back and he made three outstanding catches. And on the last one you're talking about, the defensive back actually had the ball in his hands. And Davis a, jumped yeah. over him and ripped the ball out and had the concentration to hang on to the bobble. Yeah, that was. And that basically sealed the game. Obviously, we were, I'm pretty sure the Bears would have held on, but that was third and ten, and him going up and saying, you know, a lot of times the difference between being a good athlete and a guy that can make the NFL are the ones that just are determined to just do whatever it takes. And Kellen Davis had it in his heart that he was going to catch that ball, and he ripped yep. it away from the guy who had it in his hands. That yep. was awesome. Yep. Indeed he do. 34-18, victory for the Bears, 3-1, tied with the Vikings, repeat. That is not a misnomer, tied with the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, David Olson. And just, just a little aside there, uh, Kellen Winslow Jr. is available. Well, who needs him? No, what, the Patriots? We don't need him now. Yeah, Patriots, it, it, he requested to be cut, and he, he is now a free agent. We got too many tight ends as it is. A Matt Spath, a Kyle Davis, and Evan Rodriguez. Big dog, I'm David Olson's got those. He hasn't I had that look in his eyes I since. Stan Kellen Winslow Jr. I, I, he, I, I think he's one of the biggest pain in the asses in the in, in how about, football right now. How about Kellen Winslow Sr.? Uh, I'll take him any day, Ooh. Coach. You were uh, hopefully still of legal age to enjoy Kellen Winslow Sr.? Uh, yeah, I was I was around when Kellen Winslow was wow. the best tight end in football. I was also around when the his knee got turned into spaghetti, and like that was that was like he was the first great football player to come back from the ACL injury mm-hmm. that I can remember, Coach. Yep. There might be somebody else, but Kellen Winslow Jr. was uh, Kellen Winslow Sr. was the first to ever come back. I just have a problem with Kellen Winslow because he's like the rich kid that had money all of his life, and he acts like a thug just to act like a thug, and and he always just whining and complaining on every team he's ever been on. And I just, I don't like that guy. Mm-hmm. And if you can't play for Bill Belichick, you, you can't play for anybody because he might be the best coach to play for in the NFL right now. Yeah, best coach, well. Best coach to play for really? as a player. That's Players coach, okay. Yep. Okay. 888-463-6748, the phone number you want to check in. Love to hear from you. Bear fan, Dallas Cowboy fans are right here. For you, we can also talk about some of the other NFL games from the weekend. We were off the air yesterday. We do apologize for that. Big dog, what would a bear victory be without controversy? We have controversy indeed. And I knew as soon as it happened, as soon as it happened, I told my son, David, that this, they'll be talking about this every bit as much as the, as the push with Jamarcus Webb. But you know the play I'm talking about. Uh, while the Bears were yeah, struggling. I wasn't there, but obviously I've, oh, I you have didn't see NFL it. Mobile. Coach, I, I wasn't there, but I have NFL Mobile. Okay. So when I got home and I started watching NFL Network, I would have to say of the 40 minutes that I had the phone on, a 39.4 were about Jay Cutler <laughs> getting off of the bench when uh, Mike Tyson sat next to him. Well, what, I'm like, are you serious? We have to deal with this for the next three days. <laughs> I really? knew as soon as it happened. I said, that's exactly, it's going to be 
blown up just like the Jamarcus Webb thing was. But you're and 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 you know what? Uh, and I mean this wholeheartedly, Coach. I, let's not get into too much of a debate. What he did yesterday to Mike Tice was a million times worse than what he did to Jamarcus Webb. Ooh. You listen to your freaking coach. You sit there. He has something to tell you. Yeah. You listen to him. Yeah, or you could. I don't. We, I, most fans. I don't, I don't even think you mind arguing back, but the blatant getting up and, and you know showing him up. Yes, I, I completely, completely agree, Coach. I, I, you know what? I can't tell you. I've had. I had a coach. My the offensive line coach at Mac Murray my senior year. I should have been coaching our offensive line. As a tight end, you know, I had to work with the offensive line like I have to practice. Mm-hmm. And that dude knew nothing about football. Yet when he talked to me, I shut up and let listen. Okay. Okay, Coach Proc. And then he would leave and I'd be like, really? He just made me stupider as a football player. Is that even a word? Okay, stupider. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, so uh, Mike Tice knows a lot more than Coach Randy Proc did about football. Okay, and Mike, uh, Jay Culler needs to just Make sure that all 11 of his players are on the same page. You know what I mean? I, I did not like that whatsoever after I saw it. But then again, I also know Jay Cutler and know it's not that big of a deal. And it's just, that's what, that's, they trade, they gave two first round draft picks and, and Kyle Orton for this guy. They knew what they were getting because he did that stuff in Denver also. And I would also too much, uh, well put by the way. I like your, I like your stance on that. Let's not talk about it for the next five days, but it's unacceptable. And it's not good. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree on both fronts. Uh, I, to a much lesser extent, Brandon Marshall's joy, excitement, and celebration, both on field and on the sidelines, from a twenty-seven to ten to thirty-four to ten, I thought was a bit much. If you score a touchdown, you know, late to put your team ahead or to take it from a three-point lead to a ten, but the game was over at that point. I thought Brandon. I don't like guys that celebrate. That much big dog that enjoy a meaningless score that much. That's, that's to me, it shows something a little bit about the character of the player. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of with you, but it was also like the the seal, uh, yeah. like the seal of approval stamp. We just won the game, touchdown. So, yeah. I, I, I understand, coach, and you know about me. I just like act like you've been there before. Yes. So I, I the fact that when the game was, I just never do that, no matter what the score of the game is. Well. There, there are times when your natural emotion can come out. I have, you know, I love emotion in sports as long as you don't show up the other team. And Brandon Marshall was not showing up the other team. It's just. So he was not. He was yeah. Not. Yeah. By the way, take a look his at Brandon Marshall. Bear, by the way. What? His first touchdown as a bear. Yes. Which sealed the win. Yes. So he, and, we'll let the guy enjoy it. And he was outstanding. No question about it. He had a great game. But, um, look at him up close. Just the face. Very similar to a Derrick Rose. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that. But the look of a Brandon Marshall's got the look of Derrick Rose. Anyhow, just thought I'd throw that in. By, as a by the way, uh, just to let you, I was with, last night I was with, uh, like nine people. Okay, so there's eight people with me, nine people. Uh, eight people are smoking rope. The other, <laughs> and okay, and I'm not kidding you, and all the other eight people, <laughs> professional personal trainers. I'm like, so the only person in here that isn't a personal is just cracking my voice talking health and fitness as, the, as they're all passing the rope. <laughs> but uh, it was funny because yeah. one of them was a personal trainer at an extremely prominent health club in the city. Yeah. And they were like, Brandon Marshall's wife is crazy. <laughs> and then we started, they started, and then I reminded them that every single one of Brandon Marshall's incidents happened with his wife there. Yep. And she was involved. 
And it was for there. They were like, really? And they start telling me, Brandon, like the woman has been coming to this club now for a week, and there's already been like three incidents with her and other members of the club mm-hmm. already. Brandon Marshall's got his hands full with his uh, childhood sweetheart. Coach. That's all I got to say. I didn't. I didn't know it crazy. dates that far back. Childhood sweetheart, huh? Yeah, that's. He needs a new girl, or or is it Antoine Walker's ex-wife? No, that's who Chad Johnson married. Or Chad Ochoa's <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. A little TMZ of the athletic nature here with the big dog figuring out who's uh, hooking up with who. Very, very good insight, big dog. I appreciate that, especially. Sorry, coach. And I appreciate, especially appreciate the fact that. Eight out of nine personal fitness trainers, apparently. Um, no, no, the, there was eight personal trainers there. There was someone, me, that wasn't a personal oh. trainer. The personal trainers were passing the rope, Coach. Okay. How'd that secondhand smoke work for you? Uh, excellent. You just saw how many sandwiches <laughs> I ate yesterday. Oh, my God. I almost bit a finger off. Okay. Uh, oh, goodness. All right. Anything else? So we got lots of other stuff to get into. we got to uh, give our swan song to the uh, Chicago White Sox as well, Big Dog. But any... Uh, other news, notes, nonsense from uh, a big, big Monday night victory for our Chicago Bear. Uh, I would have to say on offense, the, the, the things that we all know about the defense, and I, I will more than happy to talk about the defense. They tackle unbelievable. Yeah, they give you plays in front of them, and then all of a sudden there's a swarm of players coming up, punching the ball out, doing all kinds of stuff. We know the pass rush was has been very good all year. Uh, how about let's uh, – Jamarcus Webb up against Demarcus Ware, only getting beaten yesterday and not destroyed. That was the biggest difference yeah. with the uh, with the Bears on offense. And, and Michael Bush, every time the Bears have called on him so far this year, he has come up with some really big uh, carries. and And hopefully, Matt Forte can be a hundred percent healthy soon because him on one leg, it's hilarious. You see this beautiful gallop on one leg and then a, a limp on the other leg. It's, it's just funny watching him run right now. Guts the effort. He needs to get healthy soon because, man, when he is he is explosive, Coach. Yep. A very gutty effort by Matt Forte. You can uh-huh. see in his first run. Yes. His first run, that was the Matt Forte. Ooh, the little bounce, the move. Ah, and then he gets up from the pile, and he's limping. And you yeah, can see. And then see... they showed the injury. It was huh? nasty. Then they showed the slow motion. Re- I saw the slow motion replay of that his first carry. So his bad ankle, somebody falls on his bad ankle on the eh. first play. Uh, but that happens on every time. I didn't see anything. Yeah, no, but the way he fell out of coach, okay. it was just like not good. It's like your first carry. Okay, I missed the game. Monday night. Yep. They need me big. It's a yep. road game. They need they need production. Oh, no. They just rolled my ankle yep. again. The and you could one. see on the sidelines yes. how frustrated he was. Yes. And they, they talked it over with the trainers. you got to give him a lot of credit, Big Dog, because he could have he sat out. Maybe actually the smart thing would have been. Down the road, maybe he should be sitting out and getting it healthy, but you have to credit um, his wherewithal because in pain, not playing his best. He got retaped, went back in the ballgame, and gave it his all. But I don't know. Should he be sitting out three, four weeks and uh, getting that thing perfectly healthy? I, I, I wish I – you know what? If I could – if I was Matt Forte, I'd be able to give you an honest answer, but that's very hard for me. Ankles are – it's different because ligaments don't – Heal as fast, and they can they linger. You know what I mean. And yep. it's like if, I don't want that lingering whatsoever. What are you going to do? Be like, oh, we're going to Jacksonville next week, and we should beat Jacksonville, so we don't need Matt Forte. As soon as you say that, Jacksonville comes out and they're up twenty-one to freaking three in the middle of the third quarter, and you're like, oh no, we just got pants. So I, I like I, I'm not. You just you can't look at your 
your opponents. You can't look at all that stuff. You just got to mm-hmm. figure that. You just got to figure whether or not he can play or not. So hopefully he'll be healthy enough to. But if, if you think that's what that's what they need to do, coach? Sit him out for a week against Jacksonville. And make sure he's yeah, completely healthy. You know the uh, logically, yes. Emotionally, no. So it's a tough call. I mean, you want him in there. Maybe you got to play. You know, it's it's a tough call. But probably, yeah. if push comes to shove, I would say, yeah, sit him for three, four weeks and get him perfectly healthy. Yeah, even though Jacksonville does not, they're not a great NFL team. Uh, I think all of us are starting to realize the gap between number one and number thirty-two in this league is not as big as we thought it was. Because, and if you don't believe me, ask the Forty ers versus the Vikings. Look, Arizona versus Miami. Everybody's like, oh, they're going to kill them. Arizona got lucky to get a win against the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. this past weekend. So, uh, you know, like the Packers. I mean, the Packers could easily be one and three at this point. They're two and two. Whoever would have thought that happened? Should the Packers be three and one or four and zero at this point in the season? So, yep. like, uh, it, it, right when we say we don't need Matt Forte against the Jacksonville Jaguars, is when we're going to realize that oh no, we yeah. need Matt Forte against the Jacksonville Jaguars. No question about it. By the way, speaking of that Arizona Miami game, that was one of my beat the schmoes football picks. I lost on that one, big dog. I did come up with a victory in Carolina, but um, one and two. Another one. I started off zero and three, big dog. Then I uh, had a thrilling one and one week, and since then, three consecutive one and two weeks. So, bit a rough year, but I guess could you consider me on the upswing? I've gone from zero and three to three straight weeks of one and two. I don't know. Four and ten is not a good. Oof. That's twenty-eight point six percent of the time. That's not wow. a good winning percentage. Absolutely brutal. David Olson, uh, how did you come up? Three and zero. Oh. Three and zero. Oh. Three and zero. Carolina, Atlanta. You picked Carolina, right? right? And they covered. See, you went with me, and you won. Yep. Let that be. A, uh, Minnesota, Detroit. Detroit. Yep, they won. Big time. Big time. Philadelphia. They they were favored by a point and a half. They won by two. Woo! Unbelievable. David Olson comes back after his only losing week. Finishes three and zero. Do we have a dog result? We have a partial dog result. Um, I have a partial Miami. dog result in my backyard, by the way, that needs cleaning. He won as uh, Miami of Ohio pick, won that one. Uh, now, Central Florida, uh, they were they were a five-point dog, and they lost by five. Push! So, yeah, that's a push, and I don't know what his third game is. Houston over Rice. Bowling Green. Wasn't it Bowling Green? Houston over Rice. Over Rice? Okay, yeah. I got it. All right. I don't know what happened. Okay. Well, the, the theme continues, Big Dog. David Olson, red hot, and myself, uh, mediocre at best. Right now I'm living off my one and two. And I did. Uh, it was a day off yesterday. I fired the entire staff. I'll be starting off with a new crew. This week I hate to make changes mid, mid, uh, mid-season, mid Big Dog, but desperate times call for desperate measures, my friend. You know, I always used to make college picks, but I can't watch any college football. I work pretty much from when I wake up on Saturday to when I go to bed. Yep. I have gotten to watch a lot of professional football this uh, this year. I don't think I can start making college football picks until November, Coach, because okay. I haven't watched any college football. That's why I've been making Bowling Green and Miami of Ohio and Central Florida and Rice picks. Mm-hmm. It's like a joke because I don't I don't know anything about these games. None. I'm just picking three games. What, what was his pick in that Houston Rice game? Houston. I'm, I'm Houston. Sure then he is uh, two and push. Two pushes? Oh, push? Well, I don't know. Houston won that one big. 
Oh, so, and Miami he won? And Miami he won. So 2-0. That's oh. it, 2-0. 2-0 oh. oh for the big dog. Hey, hey, hey. Big dog. using zero. That was just luck. Blind draw. Same with all by one and two picks the last four weeks, though. I hate to tell you, well, maybe it's good to tell you that the fact that you haven't been able to watch college football means you have not watched the team that you adore so much play three of the worst football games in school history. They got absolutely pasted. The team I adore, we talk about Alabama. Alabama's my favorite team, Coach. They've been my favorite team for the last 15 seconds. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I told people Alabama's the, the fourth best team in the country. Arizona uh, Cardinals, would... Houston Texans, and the Atlanta Falcons are better. <laughs> uh, Penn State, 35, Illinois, 7, Big Dog, third straight. The score. What? It was closer than the score indicates. Not really. No, I didn't watch a snap. So. Not really. It was not. I was listening to a lot of the game on the radio, Bill Barnhart, or whoever the hell he is, but absolutely brutismal at Illinois. At Illinois against a Penn State team that lost a lot of their scholarship player, Big Dog, for the last four years. Illinois, and I just want to let you know, Penn State had every right to go in there and smack Illinois in the face considering how Illinois went in and tried to steal all their players. As a diehard Illinois fan, I was disgusted by that. And as a diehard Illinois fan, if there was ever a loss where I'm like, you got what you deserved, it was this year. Mm -hmm. Seriously. So I, I, staff going in and trying to pick off all these Penn State guys and uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I, was, was, I was disgusted as an Illinois fan about that. And so, wow, what a surprise. I'm also disgusted by their play on the field this year. Yeah. Kind of funny how, how you act off the field translates to on the field, That's too. exactly right. Exactly right. Put the exclamation mark and the agreement on every comment you just made. I told you, you weren't very happy with me on Thursday or Friday for one weekend only. Well, actually, a second weekend will be when they play Northwestern. But I was rooting against Illinois, for the very reason you brought up, but I had, I did not think in my wildest dreams that they would get killed by Penn State. Again, it was at Champaign. Ron Zook was a pretty good recruiter, Big Dog. Illinois has got quality players. We read, you know, top players coming to Illinois. They got this recruit, that recruit. How can the team be so bad with all these top players? Coach, they have two players on their defensive line that will be drafted in the NFL. Well, I mean, I'm talking about when I mean drafted, I'm talking third round and higher. That's what will be drafted. They have a cornerback by the name of uh, Terry Hawthorne. I almost call him Nathaniel Hawthorne every single time. (laughs) I don't don't know how I could. A literary genius and a cover corner. I get those two confused. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. First round. He's better than Vontae Davis was. And Vontae Davis was a first-round pick and is a Pro Bowl cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts now. He's better, and yet you're, you're right. They're, they might have – all. I, they better beat Indiana is all I can say. I'm afraid they might lose to Indiana. This could be an Illinois team that goes 2-10. and 10. Jonathan Brown, very good linebacker. You yes, know, come... You're right. Jonathan Brown is a – he's like a fifth-rounder higher pick in the NFL. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well... They, got, they got five or six professional football players on their defense. Two or three on their offense, mm-hmm. and they're going to win hopefully one Big Ten game this year, so they don't get shut out. And that's been a theme over previous years under Ron Turner's regime, under the Ron Zook regime. As you watch mm-hmm. guys uh, uh, play better in the NFL the, than they did Illinois, with Illinois. Illinois in 2002 had four receivers on their roster make the NFL. They yeah. had Eugene Wilson, who was a first-round draft pick. And they went like three and nine that year. 
and Eugene Wilson was not a great college player, but he became a legit pro. Yeah, he won Super Bowls with uh, yes. the. All I can tell you is he started on the '03 and '04 New England Patriots Super yeah. Bowl championship team. Aaron Moorhead. Aaron Moorhead was this. Emory's son was the same way. Very yeah. nondescript. Brandon Lloyd, Martez Wilson. All these guys did nothing in Illinois. They all go to the NFL and play. How about wow. the, the greatest example of all is Pierre Thomas? Uh, no, that's that was the, that's the best example of all of them. Pierre Thomas sits behind Hebe Halsey for four years. He goes to the NFL, and his first time he touches the ball, he gets like a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown on the Saints. And immediately I told my buddies, they were like, wasn't that guy in Illinois last year? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, why didn't you do anything in Illinois? I'm like, don't even start it. Don't even get me started. Because I loved Pierre Thomas. And they had some other guy that was that played uh, running back for, the, for Illinois, and it was when E.B. Halsey was there, and they moved him to strong safety. The guys in the NFL playing strong safety. Virgil, whatever. Virgil... Uh, Illinois has been known for this, having all this talent and just letting it just go to waste at Illinois. I'm, I'm tired of it, Coach. Coaching. The fickled finger of fate is pointing, not just to the head coach, but the assistant coaches, too. There's no way they should get beaten up that badly at home by Penn State. That's, that's a... you really, Two of their offensive linemen last year were drafted in the NFL. Dave Deal, all these other guys that are on world championship offensive lines over the last like five or six years, they all went to Illinois, yet Illinois never can win. How do they have all this professional talent and they go to a bowl game once every five years and they win one once every 20 years? I, I know, it's just it's coaching, like I said, it's just coaching. It's, I'm just, as an Illinois fan, I'm just so fed up. And then all of a sudden, not, not on basketball, we've now turned into the team that can't get the professional players, but we get good, solid collegiate players. I'm like, what There was a time when every good Chicago player went to Illinois and became a uh, like a first-round draft pick in the NBA. The coach that, that, coach that picked up for basketball, big dog, uh, good vibes. All's going to be good, I predict, with the basketball program. Football's still struggling. Other side of the coin, though, uh, here Chicago's Big Ten team, the Northwestern Wildcats, finally cracked the top 25. They beat Indiana 44-29, and nobody's talking about them, but uh, I think if you put top 10 Heisman candidates right now, Kane Coulter has to be mentioned, Big Dog. He gained 163 yards running, and he caught nine passes for 112 yards. The guy is an. The more I watch him, he is an NFL receiver down the road. He is exactly. You have to have a weapon, and I want him on the Bears. The Bears don't have a guy that can throw it, catch it, return it, run it, do everything with it. Seriously, that's those weapons. Did you happen to see? I want to get back to Kane Coulter, but did you happen to see what Colin Kaepernick did for the San Francisco 49ers this weekend? Yeah, nice wrinkle from Jim Harbaugh. And they did it against, I love the fact that he did it against the Jets. Who have who the run, Jets people who are supposed yes. to have that wrinkle, that haven't used yes. that wrinkle yet. Nice touch by Harbaugh. Are you telling me that you, I know you agree with this. Couldn't Kane Coulter do that for an NFL team next year? Be the receiver and all of a sudden out of nowhere he's behind center and he just moved, you know, three, uh, what do you call it, like hurry-up offensive plays mm-hmm. in the Wildcat. With yeah. King, and then actually he comes off the field and he knows the running back plays, he knows the return game plays, the receiver plays, the quarterback plays because he went to Northwestern and he's not a freaking idiot. Kane Coulter is awesome. But as you say that, Benrick Mark is their best football player right now. <laughs> the kid is tough. You know, I, I agree. Kane Coulter is like this, this odd, crazy college matchup. And then the best football player is Benrick Mark. He's tough. 
They list him at 185 pounds. He looks like he's about 150. But the dude is tough. He runs between the tackles and he moves the pile. And the uh, pile well, is you like. You know what? If, if you have vision and elusiveness, yep. you don't have, and you're tough, you don't have to be huge to run through the tackle. You really don't. Warwick Dunn was five foot eight, 195 pounds, and he just slid and moved and. By the way, nice at, the, at the, the start of spring workouts, I believe he was listed maybe fourth in the depth chart at running back. Quickly moved his way up, and now he's a potential All-Big Ten candidate. One other fact on Kane Coulter, i got to throw this out to you. David Olson, I don't know if we can look up the records, but just on instinct alone, how many times has this ever happened in college football where – the leading returning player to your team. This year, he was coming back as the team's leading passer. He led leading rushing yardage and leading receiving yardage. How many guy, times has a guy ever come back leading all three of those categories, Big Doe? That's amazing. It would it would have to be it would have to be in the single wing era. Yeah. When uh, there truly wasn't like a you were called you were called a back or a half back and so you're and, saying potentially never in modern-day college football has a guy returned leading all three categories. Those categories, passing, like receiving and rushing, it's happened before. Yes. But to be leading in passing and anything else, passing well, and rushing, possibly yeah, passing, passing and rushing. Yeah, passing and rushing is not real uncommon. Yeah, that, that could happen. <laughs> but, but the leading, leading receiver as well is just off the charts. Yeah, that's... Uh, it would have to have been in the years when, like, you know, yeah. like uh, Otto Graham was the quarterback. You know, could have been at Northwestern and Otto Graham did it at one point. Yeah. But before that, like, literally, it has to be before the 1950s wow. to have it happen before. All right. Now, speaking of off the charts, we got to, uh, you know, I mentioned Kane Coulter, top 10 Heisman candidate. Never has the Heisman Trophy been over so early as it is now, unless Geno Smith falls flat on his face or gets in some kind of a car crash or something, which we wouldn't wish on him. The Heisman race is over, folks. Chino Smith already having a phenomenal year, big dog. They win 70-60, to 60, some ridiculous score like that. Eight touchdowns. 45 out of 51, he had more touchdowns than he did in completions. Threw for 704 yards. Geno Smith, unbelievable. Uh, Coach, if you remember on Friday, the last time we did the show, I we we both said Geno Smith is the Heisman Trophy winner so far. Remember we said yes. that. And so I, it, when we when you were when we were talking about the best game of the weekend, I was, one of us said it's Baylor West Virginia, and then I said, "Yeah, can you imagine the over under on that game is ninety nine and a half?" And you choked. You're like, "Hey, what do you think it really is?" No, you, and I'm like, "I don't know. What do you what do you think it is?" I they think you you said like forty five to thirty, seventy five so points. I, I just said I, both teams are going to get. Uh, I said both teams are going to score in the 40s, is what I said, definitely. I did not expect (laughs) 133 points. I mean, seriously, if they played that again, they both could score in the 40s and we'd be disappointed. And nobody scores both teams in the 40s. That happens once a weekend in college football. Wow. Uh, That is one of the great performances in the history of college football. It is. That, That passing game is as good as anybody's ever had in the history of the game, Coach. His completion percentage right now, and I, and I haven't watched, you know, I watched highlights. I've never seen a Geno Smith game. He had it? a Thursday night game earlier in this year. Geno Smith in the bowl game last year, do you remember him against Clemson? Not really. Oh, my God. Coach, he, 
the, the guy had like six touchdown passes in the first half. He's legit. This guy is a professional quarterback. If he was right-handed, people would have noticed him last year. But the fact that he's left-handed throws people off. I swear that. The how tall is he? I don't know, Coach. That's a good point. I, I don't know how tall he is. But you yeah, think, I, uh, I haven't seen him play enough, but you think he, his skills project legit NFL quarterback? Coach, you know how, like, when people were like, why did take Colt McCoy? All he does is throw the screen pass. Geno Smith throws the screen pass. But there is enough evidence that he can drop back, take five steps, wait a second, and fling that thing 20 yards downfield as well as anybody in college football this season. He can throw the ball down the field as with anybody. His stats aren't the, the Colt McCoy. I'm going to throw it to an All-American uh, wide receiver who's going to break three tackles and run for 50 yards. That's that's not the West Virginia offense. They do that every once in a while, but it is play action and then throw it down the field. It is West Virginia is something to watch, Coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we joked about how the Big 12 doesn't play any defense. Well, you took the most explosive team with no defense out of the Big East, and you just threw them into the the Big 12. There's going to be a couple more West Virginia games where both teams score over 40 this year. There's going to be a few more. All right, two topics to get into real quick. Got about two minutes for each one. The Ryder Cup, I watched the entire day Sunday on tape, of course, Big Dog, but uh, the most I've ever watched of the Ryder Cup. It was tremendous drama, unbelievable collapse by the Americans who played well. Friday and Saturday, but the European uh, um, groundswell, if you want to call it, momentum, was incredible to watch. It was great drama, great theater, tough loss for the United States. Any chance you watched it, Big Doug? Um, it, uh, human beings were running into each other at full speed. No. I went to, uh, there's uh, a bunch of different televisions in the locker room at East Bay Club. I went in there. There were everybody in all the different televisions was watching the East Bay Club. And I joked, I said, all of you are un-American. <laughs> Watch the Ryder Cup. There's football on. And everybody laughed. And they knew I was. You know what? Out. There's football every Sunday. Ryder Cup once every two years. It is good theater. I got to tell you, and you're coming from somebody who's not a huge golf fan, but it was good human drama. And all of that drama went positive for the European team on Sunday, Big Dog. was amazing. And, and I, I only watch, uh, the only thing I watch on television is, is football. Mm-hmm. Uh for some reason, I was in front of a television, and it was like Tuesday night, and I had nothing to do. Yes, I would watch some writer stuff, but okay. if my if my option is human beings run into each other at full speed, or or uh, or uh, Steve Stricker and, and and Tiger Woods having a romantic hug together, no, I would much stick with the football. Assistant producer Randy Myers occasionally watches human beings running into each other at full speed, but usually that's a, the adult channel on fast forward. Thank you very Not much. Bad. Not bad, Coach. Uh, all right, we got two minutes, Big Dog. I'll leave it up to you, my friend. They led for 115 days of the season. They were expect, expected to finish third or fourth. It was a great season, but a collapse at the end. Put it into perspective, it became official yesterday. The White Sox out of the race, even though they won the game. Uh, you want me to put it in perspective? Yeah, it's they had a lot better season than a lot of people thought because a bunch of veterans rebounded and a bunch of guys you paid way too much money for. Yep. And uh, the future's bright for the simple fact that they've got a million arms under 25 out of the bullpen that had a real, real good season, and they flat out have a number one starter, and he's 23 years old, and his name is Chris Sale. The future on the on the south side is bright with all those young arms, 
they might be able to make a couple moves, get rid of a couple of their old guys, and really have a chance to to, to contend for a world championship next year. Because mm-hmm. when you have that much young pitching, you can make a trade or two and like tinker with your team and make it, and still have a bunch of young pitching. When you've got 15 guys in your major leagues or farm systems that are considered major league ready, you're in really good shape considering that the Cubs, uh, have like three major league pitchers on their major league roster and in their farm system. You know, that's not a good, mm-hmm. good thing at all. So the White Sox have a chance next year to actually, uh, make a run. It's kind so. of interesting because, you know, they, the Sox started off pretty good and they were in the lead, but really we talked about it sporadically from maybe the 30 game point on. We kind of kept saying, well, you know, the Sox got the young bullpen and, you know, are they going to be able to hang on the Detroit Tigers? Much more talented. Are they going to collapse? And the longer we talked about it, the more the Sox played, you know, good, consistent ball. They had a few bumps in the road, but they'd always come back from those bumps. And somewhere along the way, dog, at about maybe the 100-game mark, the 110, 120, 130-game mark, we're starting to think, you know what? This White Sox team, they are there. They're not going to collapse. And the Tigers were pretty mediocre for most of the season, not living up to their potential. Well, it really, it took to the final, what, three weeks of the season, and unfortunately what we thought came to fruition. The Tigers came on fire, and the White Sox came back down to earth. Yeah, and uh, just throw just, – a lot of White Sox fans, for some reason recently, that like I like friends that I've started, like acquaintances I'm becoming friends with, have like given me grief because I'm a Cub fan, and like, I just, hey, did you go to the game last night? No, oh, no, neither did anybody else. <laughs> White Sox fans should be really disappointed with their September attendance. That, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Just wondering, the White the Cubs lost their 100th game last night to the Houston Astros on a day that the Bears were playing. And what was the attendance for the Cubs game last night, Coach? Probably more than 18,000 that were at the last time yep. of the White Sox no, game. No, I'll have to look that up. They were talking about it. They were selling they were selling tickets for last night's game on StubHub for under a dollar. Yeah. But then oh, like that's a, hilarious! But a $5.50 <laughs> delivery charge or something like that. I was wondering, David, I'm, uh, that was, I wouldn't mind figuring out. Cause the, the Cubs on the, on the brink of losing 100 games and the Bears, and we all think the Bears have a chance to be good this year on television. That's why I was just wondering. I'm sure, I don't know how many tickets were sold, David. Probably around Le- Less than 30, half 000. of the people, less than half of the Half of the tickets sold showed up last night. I'm trying to look up what the number was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guarantee less than half showed up. Yeah. There's no way if I had a ticket would I have gone to that game last well, night. Well, obviously the Bears, Bears on Monday night affected that a bit, too. Yeah, that's why That's why I'm saying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it was a heck of a run. Socks are out of it, but uh, the baseball races, we are, uh, we're homers of sorts, but we also are sports fans, of course, so we'll follow the baseball playoffs. Should be some... Interesting races coming up, dog. I think uh, the Dodgers are still hanging on for dear life. The Angels and Tampa Bay, the Rays have won 11 and 12, still hanging on, but it looks like it's going to be Baltimore, Oakland, and St. Louis and Atlanta. It looks like the wild card races are just about done. Yeah, and then we have we're going to have the interesting one game playoff, the automatic game seven to determine who gets into the into the uh, the. The eight teams that get into the three rounds of the playoffs. So the Baltimore Orioles, after a tremendous season where they kept pace with the Yankees, are going to could one bad game and they're done. Yes. Don't like it. Yeah, and the Orioles have a much better record yeah. than the Cincinnati Reds, I'm yep. sure. The more, more it I mean? comes to reality, the more I dislike the one-game playoff thing. 
like I said, if you want to have all these one-game playoffs and blah, 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 have less divisions. You know what I mean? Really, if you want to make winning a division something special, have less of them. Yep. The six, five-team division is nothing for me. You should definitely have less divisions than the number of teams in the division. That's one thing in sports you should definitely have. Beautiful. All right, dog. Great to uh, get back with you. I'm still on jury duty call, so tomorrow hangs in the balance, but hopefully we'll be back on a little midweek Wednesday. We can get into some other topics of discussion, including debates day one tomorrow, Big Dog. I know you're excited about that. Oh, absolutely not. Well, that's going to be <laughs> wonderful. All right. Big Dog, be good, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. Two guys at a mic, TalkZone.com, signing off. David Olson, he of the 3-0 beat the Schmoes football pick. Thank you so much for your outstanding production work. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. 10 o'clock. Don't be late. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic.